much as before. It was completely ruined, but they could remember where the rooms were. And in a way, being a ghost is simple. You don't feel the cold or have to go to school, and they soon got the hang of passing through walls and vanishing. Having Mr Wilkinson to explain things was a great help. You have to remember, he said, that while people are made of muscle and bone, ghosts are made of ectoplasm. But they never forgot Trixie. Every evening as the sun went down, they went into the garden and called her. They called her from the north, from the south and the east and the west, but the sad, goose-pimpled spook never appeared. Then, when they'd been phantoms for about fifteen years, something unexpected happened. They found the ghost of a lost child. They were out for an early morning glide in the fields when they saw a white shape lying under a hedge. Do you think it's a passed-on sheep? asked Mrs Wilkinson. But when they got closer, they saw it was the ghost of a little girl. She wore an old-fashioned nightdress with a ribbon round the neck and one embroidered slipper. And, though she was fast asleep, the string of a rubber sponge bag was clasped in her hand. Oh, she must be a ghost from olden times, said Mrs Wilkinson. She looks wet, said Grandma. This was true. Drops of water glistened in her long hair, and her one bare foot looked damp. Oh, perhaps she drowned, suggested Eric. Mr Wilkinson opened the sponge bag. Inside was a toothbrush, a tin of tooth powder with a picture of Queen Victoria on the lid, and a fish. It was a wild fish, not the kind that lives in tanks, but it too was a ghost and could tell them nothing. It must have floated into the sponge bag when she was in the water, said Mr Wilkinson. The thing to do now was wake the child, and this was difficult. In the end, it was the budgie who did it, saying, Open wide! He'd learnt to say this when his cage hung in the dentist's surgery. Oh, the sweet thing, cried Mrs Wilkinson as the child stirred. Isn't she a darling? I'm sure she's lost. She must come and make a home with us, mustn't she, Henry? We must adopt her. She bent over the child. What's your name, dear? The girl's eyes were open now, but she was still not properly awake. Adopt her, she repeated. Adopt her? said Mrs Wilkinson. That's odd, but very pretty. So that was what she came to be called, although they called her Addie for short. She never remembered anything about her past life, and Mr Wilkinson, who knew things, said she'd had concussion, which is a blow on the head that makes you forget your past. Mr and Mrs Wilkinson never pretended to be her parents. She called them Uncle Henry and Aunt Maud, but she hadn't been with them for more than a few weeks before they felt she was the daughter they'd always longed for, and the greatest comfort in the troubled times that now began. Because life became very difficult. Their house was rebuilt, and the people who moved in were the kind that couldn't see ghosts. They thought nothing of putting a plate of scrambled eggs down on Grandma's head, or running the hoover through Eric. And when they left, another set of people moved in who could see ghosts, and that was worse. Every time any of the Wilkinsons appeared, they screamed and fainted, which was terribly hurtful. I could understand if we were headless, said Aunt Maud. Or bloodstained, 
agreed Grandma. But we've always kept ourselves decent. Then the new people started talking about getting the ghosts exorcised, and there was nothing for it. They left their beloved rest haven to find another home. The Wilkinsons went to London thinking there'd be lots of empty houses there, but this was a mistake. It was absolutely packed with ghosts. Ghosts in swimming baths and ghosts in schools, ghosts whooping about in bus stations, ghosts in factories and offices playing about with computers, and older ghosts too, from a bygone age. Knights in armour wandering around Indian takeaways, wailing nuns in toy shops. In the end, the Wilkinsons found a shopping arcade which didn't seem too crowded. It had all sorts of shops in it, shoe shops and grocer's shops and sweet shops and a bunion shop, which puzzled a doctor. Can you buy bunions, Aunt Maud? she asked, looking at the big wood.